Hello, welcome to the Incubator Podcast. This is your co-host, Sadbir Saran. And this is Darren Boyd. And today we're talking with Blue Voyant, a very important partner to us and uh, an important guest to the show. Blue Voyant is, if, if anybody's paying attention, they're scooping up all the awards. They, they were founded in 2017, but in that time, they've already gone through this massive acquisition spree. They've, they've acquired eight companies. They're a very well-funded uh, organization. I think they've raised over 525 million dollars to date since 2017 uh series d they are they have some some real um uh industry veterans from their leadership team uh so they stacked the deck there and then their practitioners are from the fbi the nsa gchq etc military we're joined today with matt gaunter so he's someone we worked with in the past he's the global technical solutions architect for blue voyance what I didn't say was Blue Voyant is a cyber defense company and, and a juggernaut in the space. And so with Matt, we're going to talk about their platform, uh, which is, which is in, uh, in making a lot of waves in the cyber defense space. We're going to talk about some of their services, which is everything from readiness and incident response through training, through a, a whole series of different consulting opportunities. And then we're going to talk about um, Matt in general, his experience, et cetera, because we've done a lot of business together. So with that, I want to... Thank Matt for coming. Matt, I'm going to turn it over to you to do an intro and maybe give us a little bit of your background and then we'll, we'll dive in. Absolutely. And I'm glad to be here and thank you guys for having me on and everything. Um, so I range from the military. I did uh, 10 years on active duty in the Signals Intelligence Corps with the Navy. Uh, was able to do some really cool and interesting things throughout the world, uh, supporting different three-letter agencies and fun government agencies and everything. Um, after that 10 year stint, I elected to get out of the military active duty and go reserves where through the reserves, I've worked with units like NAVWAR and NATO and different groups to help expand cybersecurity pro portfolios for the Navy. Um, during my time in the reserves, I also was at Symantec, uh, where I helped build a security operations center from the ground up there. Uh, after that foray into the, uh, or my introduction into the SOC, I should say, uh, I went on to be a consultant and we worked with Kincannon for the last eight years, building and developing security operations centers around the Splunk SIM and the Splunk capability. One of the things that I've always enjoyed about that is the breadth and the capability that Splunk provides a SOC in terms of alerting, not just alerting and detection, but triage forensics and analysis and everything. Thanks, Matt. So, um, so th that was concanning all that work in the security space and leading up to the recent acquisition by Blue Voyant. If you can tell us about uh, the acquisition and the integration of now as being a portfolio company of Blue Voyant and who is and what is Blue Voyant doing out in the marketplace? Absolutely. We're extremely excited with this acquisition. Uh, one of the things that's really gotten us uh, excited and jazzed about it is Blue Voyant's breadth of their capabilities. To your point earlier, Darren, we've got a lot of leadership here that are doing some really great things. And we've taken on a focus, Blue Voyant's taken on that focus of internal and external cyber defense. And what I mean by the internal cyber defense is we provide a managed detection and response solutions across two different SIMs, the Microsoft Sentinel SIM and the Splunk SIM. We can talk more about how we do that and how we are able to leverage CICD pipelines with MDR to make that more effective and spread across those two separate SIMs like that. The other ones are we have an external phase focused platform, digital risk protection, 
if customers from a commercial side are looking to protect their brand or their identities when it comes to domain squatting or uh, any some type of social media disinformation campaign against them, we're able to step in, identify that, and help take it down and bring it down and remediate it before it, it causes any brand damage. One of the ones that has actually got us more excited than anything right now in today's space is supply chain defense. We're able to look at and footprint our customers, vendors, and during that vendor process where they come on and they do these questionnaires or these security vendor checks and everything, we can go and say, hey, are they actually doing what they say? As these vendors and as these other partners that people are working with start to become interconnected into other people's networks, we're seeing that as being the primary entries point for other attackers. I have a vendor that's, you know, a mom and pop shop down the street. Maybe they're not doing the cybersecurity they might need. They can have us help scan that network, scan that individual, and then make sure that they're remediating and doing things to help protect the global the global space of our customers and everything. That's uh, that's awesome, Matt. Um, so let's uh, let me double click a little bit into Blue Voyant here. So you talked about the whole MDR space, and which you know everybody's uh, well familiar with. Well, I say that loosely, everybody, but it's been been prevalent in industry. Where do you see industry going? Because surely. Blue Voyant is growing in an amazing way. You guys are one of the fastest growing companies, I think like CRN, Microsoft Awards, as Darren was alluding to before. Um, but I think CRN explicitly called you one of the fastest growing companies. So where is that? where are you seeing your clients, Blue Voyant's clients really uptaking? Is it is it leading with um, the MDR platform? Which one of your portfolio companies is kind of really pushing that or is it all across the board? Our MDR business, especially around MDR for Sentinel and Splunk, are taking off like wildfire. Uh, a lot of customers of ours in our, uh, are seeing that they don't have the time, the energy, or the financing really to run and manage their own SOC. Uh, also, as we go up market into larger enterprise SOCs, they don't have the time to really keep up with content and detections and things of that nature. So why not outsource that to someone that does it across not just one customer, but multitude of customers. So now instead of you're buying that intelligence and you're buying that uh, capability around that detection. So that way customers can offshore it or, you know, leverage a company that's focused solely on that so they can get back to doing their day to day jobs. Yeah. The other piece to this is supply chain defense is the huge one that's really, really growing and taking huge strides because, well, everybody needs some level of supply chain defense. Yeah. If I may uh, continue on this thread here. So you mentioned a keyword, uh, enterprise customers, right? Historically, you know, you thought about a lot of managed services and uh, the MDR functionality being consumed by SMB, mid enterprise, perhaps, because the larger enterprise or institutions really did not entrust a third party uh, service provider to with their crown jewels around security. What what are you seeing in that space? I mean, do you have enterprise customers today? And what is kind of the confidence factor um, that is uh, you see maybe or prevalent the trend with enterprises really taking on that MDR uh, uh, service? Uh, we actually just recently had uh, a couple uh, new customers come on board that are in the 100,000 endpoint range. Um, that's a really large customer in terms of an MDR customer because to your point, they don't always trust the service or they don't trust the, the further looking uh, capabilities of that service. I will say I've seen 
new technologies that have helped support this where they can test and validate the MDR service, which has been interesting. So we've run across that where the, in, the enterprise customers are stress testing that service to validate it. Also, the, cus the enterprise customers just, they need to co cut costs. There's just no getting around it. The 2023 is going to be the cost cutting year in terms of looking at how much am I investing in these types of services and where can I get a better value somewhere else? Paying your individuals, if you will, the content developer team, the tier one team, all that sock and everything from a headcount perspective, you're buying that one person that's really smart on your environment, but not smart on the actual landscape and the tech, the surface. Whereas with MDR services such as ours, you get someone that's being exposed to 30, 40 different customers at a time and can provide you that tier one, level one notification. It's more like I like to equate it to a very high, rich intelligence feed of alerts and everything that are specific to the customer's environment. You can finally ask a question. Dan. Yeah. No, <laughs> so then Matt, here, here's uh, one question I have. I, it's, it's really, I guess it's related to what Sabir said. Sometimes it's hard to build the confidence, but, but you have a whole breadth of services you offer as well. Everything from litigation support to cyber restructuring to virtual CISOs. So what, what is, is the motion that Blue Voyant enjoys? Is that, with with larger customers does it tend to be service driven that eventually brings in some of the the core platform offerings uh, or are you going right into core and then maybe starting to add terrain and, and sky and, and and so forth what does that journey look like uh you know traditionally i'm glad you brought that up actually we just finalized this to where our solution cell is an assess implement and monitor cell so we don't like going into customers where we say, hey, if you buy MDR, all your problems are going to be solved because not every customer is the same. There's going to be tweaks, tunes, or strategy needs to be developed. So we like to first go in, do an assessment, get on the same page, get on the same plan through our liquid professional services, make sure that we have the right strategy for the customer and the customer has the strategy as well. And then we go in and we implement that strategy with additional implementation services, whether it's standing up Splunk, deploying Cribble, creating observability pipelines, those sort of things. And then we move into that platform to do the managing, monitoring, all the day two care and feeding of the activity going forward. Without having that nice firm foundation and everything, we really find that the monitoring and the activity kind of miss, they, they don't land as well as they should from a confidence perspective. That's of course where where we met really is is the one the one thing that we've always enjoyed working with Blue Voyant uh, through the Kincannon acquisition is your focus on the enterprise space. Meaning, there's a lot of folks that can do a lot of things right and they can bring in the right tools, but it doesn't mean that those tools are designed out of the gate to work in an enterprise, a true enterprise setting. Um, we've had some tremendous success uh, yourself with 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 Sabir and I deploying solutions that we've relied on you to bring an enterprise enterprise viewpoint. And so everything from understanding product mode operation to understanding Git flow and Git ops and, and how people are truly deploying everything as code. And, and I'll say that I haven't met any, any consulting firm, external consulting firm that is deploying things uh, quite like Kincan and slash blue voyance. Can you walk us through, how that's sort of evolved and where you're taking some of that, because you, you're getting into some very advanced deployments of both everything from observability pipelines all the way to the SIM. Can you walk us through how you guys view, um, uh, I guess, inserting technology into an enterprise and how you've made it so, so successful? 
Absolutely. So the first part into that, I'd say, is we took the, uh, it starts with the observability approach. Um, observability, we find to be the overarching, it's the new term for big data, but it really is the overarching term for data in that, and we even see security as a subset of observability, where that's the vertical we're focused on and we do the most work. Once you've taken that mindset of the observability being the broader perspective, we then look at things a little different where it's like, okay, how do we collect the data in a standardized and automated and repeatable fashion? Once we have that repeatable fashion, that standardized fashion, we can move into automating deployment of content on top of it. So this is where technologies like Cribble have come into a very uh, come into play where we can deploy a Cribble worker nodes and streams, be able to stream data into it, put the schemas in place we need, do the type of uh, access to the data and give us that flexibility with data to then go and support those solutions. Then we move into that GitOps and the, um, the code repo infrastructure as code perspective where we use automation and orchestration. And that's a key thing that I think a lot of people miss on is the orchestration piece. They wanna automate everything, but having an or a centralized orchestration system to say, okay, this is gonna deploy in this way, this is gonna deploy in that way, so we can standardize the solution for the customer has been critical. To finalize all that and to put it in a real bow and everything, the, the key concept is the output. So what comes out of the data, what comes out of the solution, having that standardized and clean and clear makes easy for everybody, the customer, other vendors, other bars and everything that might come in and need to work with that solution. Yeah, and I, I've always appreciated how you've deployed some of these technologies with with everything from self-healing properties to ramp and damp factors. It's it's truly been uh, enterprise scale. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit. I want to go back to Blue Voyant because when I look at all the services you offer, I think it's it's staggering. And, um, and it's all backed because the industry has recognized you, again, through, through some of those awards and accolades. How big is Blue Voyant? If you could tell me just where are you uh, geographically? How many employees? Um, because it is it is pretty remarkable what you offer as a whole. Absolutely. So we have about six headquarters, we'll call them and everything. Our primary headquarters is in New York. We have uh, a UK, London-based area, one in Singapore, and one in Israel. And to your point uh, earlier, our leadership has done a great job of formula formulating great uh, the teams and everything. Six, we're roughly around six to 600 to 650 people total spread out throughout the entire globe. Uh, we have um, Jim Rosenthal. He's our CEO, 10 years of COO at Morgan Stanley. He knows just about everything there is to know about the finance world and cybersecurity and finance. And then we have other individuals from the FBI, Ron Fe Feller from the um, Israeli-based NSA, we have just multiple multitude of government officials and other commercial officials that have come in, help grow the company, build the company, and put us on a path towards success and everything. It's really attributed to that abil our ability to bring in those leaderships and that leadership and everything to try and grow and push those security products through to the end. Yeah, your your leadership team is uh, is a who's who of of people in the industry. Even um, the executive chairman was former CEO of Thomson Reuters. You've got a lot of heavyweights uh, on your board, and it's interesting to scroll through um, all the different divisions. You've got uh, you've got some captains and champions that have just done some remarkable things. So, Matt, 
what one of the one of the acquisitions we track closely right now was was Managed Sentinel. Mm-hmm. You have an incredible history and story uh, with all things Splunk. Um, we've done some great work on on the observability front, um, but more and more of our customers are really interested in in looking at SIM options. And mm-hmm. can you talk us a little bit about what you're doing with? Obviously, we, we know where you're focused with Managed Sentinel, but how much of that business is is now starting to uh, evolve into the Microsoft infrastructure? And, and what are you doing um, with with that company and that acquisition? Absolutely. So Managed Sentinel was a small Azure deployment for professional services firm. Um, and upon a- acquisition, they brought to Bluevoyant a standardized process to get into uh, Sentinel in 45 days, which is just, to, if you think about it from a scale and from a capability perspective, the amount of automation and orchestration they were using deployed this way in Azure Sentinel works, let's go. Um, A lot of customers love that from a time to value perspective and a capability perspective. It's standardized, it works, it scales. So Managed Sentinel has done a great job of working with those small to medium businesses to start out and to be able to deploy them in very fast and consistent ways and fashions, and then take that up market into those enterprise customers. So now that we're seeing those larger customers come on board, we have more automation in place. That doesn't, the size and scale of that customer doesn't matter for them anymore because they have this standardized, repeatable process to where deploying this way will get you guys going and get you guys in. Uh, One other unique uh, thing that we're seeing more and more is customers with two SIMs. So we'll have managed Sentinel on one side and Splunk on the other. And we're uniquely poised to help those customers with both. So now the managed Sentinel guys and everything can go in, deploy, get all the Windows event logs, all the Azure environment inside of an Azure Sentinel uh, system, be able to run correlations, do everything. And we can either forward those on into another Splunk system, where then the MDR can take care of it, the SOC can have one central plane of glass to be able to look at those that data, or we can get it into two separate systems and then have one centralized ticketing system pull from both to aggregate into a single channel. Wow. So we've done some really cool, interesting things with those dual SIM capabilities. Yeah, I haven't quite uh, uh, come across the dual SIMs, but um, maybe from a vantage point of migrating from one SIM platform to the other, um, I guess, you know, uh, there's always a horse trade, if you will, between uh, platforms out there. Uh, So, Matt, what is the kind of methodology uh, that an you know, enterprise institution might look at in terms of that migration. You mentioned the 45-day program, right? So enterprises can be complex. They have you know, some sort of SOAR or automation built into from their SIM. Um, how does one contend with or wrap their head around like, hey, can you really get me there in 45 days? What are you seeing, or maybe what is the methodology, even if it's not, you know, you're not married to the 45 days as a hard rule, what would be your approach for an organization to really think about if they were going from one platform to the other? That's a great question. We uh, just did this with uh, another customer where we went from like a QRadar or ArcSight system and into Splunk itself. Um, And whether it's in system to in system, the first thing you always want to do is you want to look at what data you need and how you're going to access it. Um, the how you're going to access it is always an important piece because not every 
network device, not every component, not every data stream out there can be sent to two different places. This is where something like an observability pipelines becomes critical because if you want flexibility and moving between those and migrating between those, you need a robust pipeline to where you can tap into those date, those event streams and move them off into different destinations. So that's the first one is how you're going to access the data as you do this migration and everything. The second one is what is the five-year cost? The larger enterprise customers, larger groups and everything, they're not going to be able to do this migration in 45 days. There's just not. Let's, you know, if you're the size, if you're uh, the size of say a Fortune 500 company and you have hundreds of thousand endpoints spread across the globe, yeah, we're not going to be able to set up a structure to, to do that in 45 days. It's just impossible. Mm -hmm. So this migration, what is it going to get you over that five-year term? Also, what new capabilities are you going to get out of that new platform? One of the things I, uh, obviously I'm biased and I love Splunk and everything because that's the technology I know the most. Um, one of the things I love about Splunk is its robust capabilities. I can use it for security, but now I can also bring in my IT and my observability, my DevOps people, and they can use it to maybe troubleshoot their code, do some sort of risk uh, user, uh, user management or synthetic management type thing to be able to get better insights into those applications. So now I can have one technology serving two, per two masters and two purposes. Uh, the other aspect of it too is um, when I go into those new, those migration customers and those growth customers and everything, how can we standardize and what we do with the data? CICD pipelines are becoming critical every day in terms of I build content because at the end of the day, I need, content, I need data to visualize and help me make a decision. So when I do that migration, can I get a pipeline built around the content that sits on top of the data so it gets deployed correctly, fast, efficiently, and in a standardized way as well? So uh, I guess one other question I have, Matt, is is around some of the uh, some of the readiness and the maturity uh, elements and analysis that that Blue Voyant performs. You have a whole uh, practice or a set of services around pen testing and red team and purple team. Um, you do a lot of exercises from from everything from training to to these assessments. If if a company wants to engage with Blue Voyant to say, hey, early in our our modeling exercises for a new application, we want to do threat um, threat behaviors. We want to do some threat modeling. How would they engage with Blue Voyant? Is that a service that you would give them as part of that uh, early stage in the SSDLC? Uh, is that an offering that you could bring to to market? So. One of the things that we've really enjoyed and we've got some good technology around is footprinting and also vulnerability scanning and that type of stuff. So as we start to look at, can I bring this technology into my service? Is it there? Is it there yet? Is there vulnerabilities? What that sort of stuff? We have people in the capability to do that sort of evaluation and testing and things of that nature. One of the, it kind of lends to, in a small way, one of the supply chain defense um, packages we provide, which is a due diligence package. So if you replace that software application with a vendor, we do a due diligence scan of your new vendor and everything and give you a report of maybe open vulnerabilities, technologies they might not know about, unpatched items, things of that nature. And due to our technology and our footprinting capabilities, we can actually provide that sort of information back to our customers before they make any contractual agreements or signs or anything like that. Yeah, I think it's really important. We're finding more and more that, that folks 
it's it's hard to hire fast enough. It's hard mm-hmm. to get practitioners that have uh, a, a large, um, I guess, breadth and depth of, of capability. And so being able to augment that, I think, is of interest to a lot of our customers. Just to bring on a team that can either help train my team or even just offload some of my team early in the ideation phase even, just before we bring something to market. So it'd be wonderful to be able to tap into that a little bit more. The other the other plug I'll make too is, in some of the engagements we've done, know that Blue Voyant has their own intellectual property that they can bring to some of these offerings. So they've really looked at ecosystems of, uh, of uh, technology that comes together and, and have identified certain gaps and, and they've actually come in and, and filled those gaps. So if you engage with Blue Voyant, you are going to get a true enterprise offering of, of whatever uh, technical elements you want to put together. So I'll give you that plug as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. One other thing I always like to uh, add to that very thing is what, you're not just working with the individual at Blue Point, you're working with us as the company. So out of those 600 people, if the person you're talking to at that moment might not might not have the answer, I guarantee you someone back there has the answer, the technology, the the solution that someone would be looking for. That's one of the things we're very, very keen on and strong about is the cross collaboration within Bluepoint. Love it, Matt. Um, thank you very much, Matt, for for jumping on here, giving us uh, a solid overview of Blue Voyant. We look to go to market with Blue Voyant uh, increasingly more. And for our listener base, uh, if you like what you heard, please reach out to us, uh, subscribe to our podcast. Happy to support you and get in touch with Matt as well. And uh, looking forward to watching Blue Voyant uh, grow further. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you, Matt.